0: Welcome, everyone, to the Shepherd Talk podcast with Pastor Ray Jones from Ridgecrest Baptist Church. This conversation is centered on reaching, building, and connecting you to the mission God has in store for your life. We hope these practical conversations help to encourage and equip you to follow Jesus in a greater way. Pastor.
1: Hey, Chase. How are you? I'm good. It's been a long time since we've done this, hasn't it?
0: It has been since March, I guess. Yeah, since
1: I guess we went in kind of shutdown lockdown mode.
0: Yeah, everything kind of changed in that moment and so uh it's good to be back though on the Shepherd Talk podcast and having conversations about just what God's doing here at our church and your heart and uh helping our our people thinking about reaching, building, connecting, our purpose as a church and uh, before we get started though, I see you're drinking out of your pops coffee. Yeah. mug today.
1: You've heard the story. I, this is my my you know, I, this is my father's day gift from my grandson and it says pops, that's what he calls me as pops the man the myth the legend
0: i think it and perfectly fits pastor
1: you really know how to how to amble up next to the pastor <laughs> don't you I mean, I mean, i've been but, working on it you know i've uh, been working on it but it's i, I love it cuz you know he calls me pops but uh, uh I hope he I hope he believes that forever, you know, <laughs> but uh, reality may change that.
0: No, he'll always believe that. So, but uh, so moving on past pops, and because you know I know he thinks you are the legend right now, the leader around here, and we've been talking about leadership. So yeah. we want to talk about uh, a little bit more leadership today, specifically though in the pandemic, and mm. so. Um, Let's just kind of begin with this question. What would you say when it comes to leadership, because all of us are really leading to some degree through a pandemic, whether it's our family or whether it's at work or whether it's in a church setting or um, some kind of small group, somehow we got some sort of influence in this. What have you learned about leadership in the midst of what you've experienced so far with COVID-19?
1: Well, that's that's really a great question. And I, I think my first response would be, I'm still learning. Uh, This is one of those things where I don't know how you can be uh, prepared to say, okay, if this happens, here's what we do. But what I think you can do is you can rely on hopefully leadership preparation that God has hopefully built into my life over the years uh, such that um, a, a crisis doesn't completely put you into a tailspin. And uh, so I think one of the things I've been learning is, more uh, more so than just theory or idea, is um, to be agile. Uh, this has caused uh, really all of us, but in particular in leadership, uh, you know, things change from day to day with, with what's going on out there uh, in the culture with, well, the culture, but the culture's response to COVID and the, the fear. Yeah. Um, and the anxiety, and uh, the church is not exempt from some of those things or their effects. And so for for me, the biggest thing I've learned is uh, be willing to adjust kind of on the fly, be able to adjust from day to day because you think you've got um, things in place and then two days later you find out you're gonna have to come back and rethink we take another course, right? We're not. So I think that's the big thing, Chase. That I've been I've been really learning is how to make quick adjustments uh, and not without being overly reactionary. You know, we we talk about leadership from uh, uh, leadership is about being proactive and being on the front end, and you want to do that. And you know, I've talked to our staff about try to be proactive in that. Think. About down the road, if things continue, what implications would that have on your ministry? Right. So we want to be proactive, but the fact is, there is a kind of reactive leadership too that we must also exercise. That I think is what I've been I've been learning more than anything else is how to react as a leader, but not panic as a leader. Right. How to be agile without um, uh, just being filled with uh, anxiety, yeah. if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. Let's speak a little further to, like, the practical side of that because I know in my context of life, sometimes change is easy and we're in such a changing day-to-day, minute-by-minute. Like, what are in learning to be more agile and make those decisions, what are some just small steps that have helped you um, every day I guess ultimately trust the Lord in all the mi- the minute details of He's in control of all that.
1: Well, I don't I don't want to insult the intelligence of our audience, but a lot of it is more simple than than we might realize. I, it has reminded me again of the importance uh, of being on my face before God uh, of yeah. praying. Um, it has been a time where I have found myself. I think probably Chase. Um, maybe more than any other time in, in the ministry that has characterized my life, as saying, God, I need wisdom. I, and I need it today, I, for today. I ju- just give me wisdom for today to right. make the right call and the right decision. And uh, to try to approach it like that, the, the simple thing is to say, Lord, I don't know what tomorrow really is going to bring. right? So I just need I need some clear direction. And then it has caused me, simple steps, you said, it has caused me to make sure I'm maintaining uh, a level of intimacy with God. That's good. Uh, now, to say that, I guess maybe people would say, well, that ought to be characteristic all the time. And I, I think it, it is of of my life and ministry, but I think there becomes there comes a different kind of, intimacy in a crisis. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. And so it has reminded me of my great need, not just the discipline of spending time with God, but it has reminded me how much I need that uh, if I'm going to lead effectively and if I'm going to really have some God-given perspective on what our congregation should do and how to lead them during this time.
0: Yeah, I think one of the most helpful things is for that you've shared with us as a staff is that reality of you know taking it day by day you know it reminds me Matthew 6 you know not worrying about tomorrow because there's enough already Mm -hmm. and that's as a planner as someone that likes to have a long-term schedule and thinking through what we're doing not just next week but next month it's been kind of freeing to step back and say okay God today let's just let's go today and let's do what you want us to do today and we'll we'll keep looking out, but you know, more solid right now.
1: Yeah, and that's I, I'm I'm like you, Chase. I I like strategy. I you know that I like I like planning and and those sorts of things. And I think we still do those things, but um, it really has been a time where where God is just reinforcing me. You just follow me today. Yeah. And uh, you know that's one of those things that. <laughs> Uh, you know, we've talked about for years as believers, you know, one day at a time, one day at a time. But this has really produced a a greater sense of this really is one day at a time where we have to say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you today. And as I've shared with our staff and even our congregation, we can't try to live for God six months from now. Things are changing too fast. And as we've seen how quickly they can change. And so it is so important that today we follow Christ, and then we get up tomorrow and say, "Okay, I'm going to follow Christ tomorrow." We plan like things will be this uh, this way for a hundred years, but we also uh, know that we may need to adjust tomorrow, uh, as if thing everything has changed completely forever.
0: Right. Speak to for a second. Speak to uh, this thought for a second, Pastor. For the listener out there, the father at home, the husband at home, that is seeking to lead his family maybe with little kids older kids kind of everywhere in between what would you encourage that listener as far as the leadership um that he has to play at home and maybe encourage Mm -hmm. him with that
1: well i would say this and that's a good question uh chase i I think um one of the greatest things um a father a husband uh, can do right now for his family or his spouse is uh to exhibit great faith um, as opposed to great fear. Sure, yeah. Let's face it, there are a lot of people that are scared. and There are a lot of believers that are, are scared. And you know I've preached several messages on the difference between living by faith and living by fear. Yes, sir. And yet it still plagues many. And I think what our homes need right now is this is a time where uh, men can step up and even if they're internally feeling angst and fear, lead their family by faith right. and show them we're going to put our confidence in God. Because here's the fact, your kids are going to look at you. How is dad handling this? Right. Your wife is going to look to you and say, is my husband, is, is his life um, grounded by faith or is he scared to death? Right. And the fact is, if you're scared, they're going to be scared.
0: That makes sense, yeah.
1: And someone might say, but is, is that misrepresenting? I don't think it's misrepresenting anything. It is a choice. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm not going to take counsel of my fears. So the devil's going to try to get me to be fearful. And God is saying to me, you got to trust me. You're at a place where you got to trust me. And your family is going to be looking to you. Your kids are going to look at you. And by the way, it doesn't matter. I think about that. My daughter and son-in-law, you know, my grandson, right. he's not cognizant of what's going on. Right. But I want to be a man of faith. Uh, and that doesn't mean you're, uh, uh, you're dumb about choices and decisions. But I want to be a man of faith so they can look at me and say, during all of the crisis or whatever, however it shall go, or it could get worse, you know. Right. Uh, his faith carried him, and that helped carry us. Yeah. If, if that makes sense, so I think that's one of the key ingredients for dads or for husbands right now. Is this is a time to step in the in the revolution, the American Revolution? Uh, Thomas Paine, who wasn't a Christian, but he was, you know, we kind of consider him one of the founding fathers, and he was the he produced a, a newspaper you might say called the Pennsylvania Journal. And at the outset of the American Revolution, he understood this is going to be a whole lot different than what people right now think it is. And so they would have have these parades, you know, prior to any real conflict resulting. And uh, he said, everybody wants a uniform, and they want to march uh, in the parade uh, when everybody's applauding and clapping them and everything. But he says, frankly, this is no time for the Sunshine Soldier or the summertime patriot. Mm-hmm. And what he was saying is, this look, this isn't about having a uniform right. and marching to the applause. He said, it's no time for the guy that just enlists because of those things. They need to understand the seriousness about what's going on. That's what a father can't be. He can't be a sunshine spiritual patriot or a sunshine uh, spiritual soldier. He's got to be close to God so he can walk by faith and set that faith example so his wife can look to him and so his kids can look to him.
0: That's so good. And so for fathers out there, I would encourage you just to think for a second that God knows where you are. He's there to help you, that intimacy you talked about earlier of dealing with the being agile in this. He's there to help and lead through faith versus fear um, in this time. Pastor, talk now about the pandemic, kind of your thoughts, what's been bad, what's been good, not necessarily about the church, but just overall, kind of bad, good, what's been hard. Just kind of give us your thoughts on, on the pandemic as a whole, and then we'll talk about the church.
1: Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, it's hard to pick out a lot of positives, to be honest. It's hard to say, oh, this is good, this is good. Um, if, we, if we pulled anything positive from it personally, uh, it would be, again, the sense of urgency I think it creates in believers to say, you know what, the things that we thought mattered maybe aren't quite as important right uh, as they have been. And God has a way of shaking uh, down um, a culture or society to reduce it to the things that really are important. And so I think if there's positive, it is it is a... It has been kind of a wake-up call, a sobering call to, to what really counts and what really matters, Right. and uh, how to, um, how to walk with new priorities. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think that's probably the big positive takeaway. So many things that uh, I, I think are probably negatives. Right. Um, that you know, of course, the risk of, you know catching the virus and right, right. the subsequent physical issues that right. could come with that, including death. And right. uh, certainly those things, I think it is uh, the, the negative impact that it's had just practically on things that have been uh, structures in our life, financially, right. uh, uh, those kinds of things. So there are a lot of those kind of negative things but there is some positive. And, yeah. and if it pushes us as individuals back toward God, right. that's an extremely positive thing. right, And something, uh, my guess is that we will not regret down the road whatever the ultimate outcome. And I know we won't regret if it pushes us closer to God when we enter his presence one day. Right.
0: I know it's been so interesting to really think, and you've pushed this as the staff to think about this, about how how really everything's been stripped away, you know, from a sports world to, you know, the ability to go to the movies and think about, you know, Hollywood, all those things have been stripped away. And so it is an opportunity to really not, I mean, the distraction level is in some some ways not as high. And so the ability to hopefully say, God, you know, help us look at the positive side of that and move in that direction. Um, speak now to the church, and let's kind of wrap up with this as we think about life and leadership in the midst of the pandemic and some things you've learned. You've said this for multiple occasions in different settings, that the church will never be the same because of the pandemic. Explain that furthermore and kind of help us understand that. Yeah,
1: the church may be better by the time this is over. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't necessarily uh, denote something something bad. Right. But what has happened is there are a lot of things that probably – we have just kind of accepted as believers in the church because we've always done them that we've come to terms with aren't really necessary for us to do the work of god i mean by that some of the traditions that we have held to and then we we realize this has changed everything and has pointed us toward the things that are most significant so in that sense i don't know that the church will ever fully come back uh, to what what it was prior to COVID, and I'm not saying that's bad or good. Right. There are going to be some pro and con on the backside of this. For example, there are some things that uh, that it'll never be the same in in the sense of media and technology. Yeah, um, I think this is this is not a good thing. But I, I think we're going to see that this has enabled people because of technology, which we're using right now, which we love and which God has blessed for us during this time. Right. But I think we'll see people down the road who say, you know what, I found a new way to, to worship without having to assemble with people. Yeah. And I think there will be an element that was was quasi-active in our congregations prior to COVID who will say, you know what, I've decided here's a better way. I enjoy this. My family, we can do this. So one lady told me this, um, and she was teasing, but she said, you know, Pastor, I'm so glad we, we're we back. But she said, I have to admit, sure was nice on Sunday mornings to get up and make a pot of coffee, uh, stay in my pajamas, sit on the couch, and watch the worship and listen to your messages. And she laughed. But I think I think there will be an element of people who will say that. I think it will also cause... An element of people who, for example, would have gotten up and gone to church, let's say down the road that we're past this, they would have gotten up, gone to church, but they wake up and they just maybe they got a little sinus headache or right. something like that, and they say, You know what, I'm just going to, I think I'm, I'm just going to stay in. My head's hurting me a little bit. In the past, they would say, My head's hurting, but I'm going to go on to church. Right. And now they'll, they might say, Well, I can just watch this here, that sort of thing. And they'll miss out on the camaraderie, or that'll become less and less a part of the the congregation uh, for many people. And so I, I think we're gonna see some of that. I think that's a right. I think it's a terrible thing. As right. much as I love technology, technology cannot replace the gathered family of believers. There's right. something in the just the quality of just being with other believers, right. even if you social distance right. from them, you know? Right. So uh, I, I think in that sense, it may not uh, ever uh, be what we knew it to be right. uh, uh, prior. I think the standards by which we measure success are all gonna be different too, Chase. Yeah. You know, we always kind of look before, how many did you have? How many people were here and that sort of thing. And we measured success on that, whether we always said that or not, there was just something in our culture that says numbers mean uh, success right. and the lack of numbers don't. Right. I want to tell you something. I think that standard is about to change where we're going to say it's not about the how many, it's about what's going on right. uh, kind of thing. So those are some things I think will, are, are going to change the dynamics of church. Uh, and uh, it's going to force us to be creative in right. new ways. We, we've done that. We've learned that. I yeah. mean, uh, the stuff that uh, our, our technology has enabled us to do creatively over the past uh, three or four months uh, has just been ratcheted up so we've become more creative. Yep. You guys in your ministries, the, the way you're doing certain things right. have caused you to have to be more creative. Right. So right. I think there's going to be an element of that yeah. that we've learned how how to get creative, real fast. Right. You know. So right. those are things that I think are probably going to change uh, for the church and may not, and we may not ever see it just like it was before right. COVID.
0: Right. So now, last question. We need to wrap this one up, but because of things changing, because the reality things are not going to be the same good and bad what would you say to somebody today to just be open-minded embrace where God is where we are now to be able to move forward in a new kind of era in some sense of the way church will be in the days ahead
1: well I think number one it comes by saying God what is really important and being honest with ourselves to say the things that I want the church to be, are those more about what I want it to be or is it about what God wants it to be? Mm, And I think a person has to, they've got to move to the place where they say, and it's okay to say, God, I miss what it was. right? But I'm okay, God, if you have a different way now, if this is a different season, and I, I will accept that because my priorities are not my way, my priorities are now the kingdom of God. And because I think people that can't move there are going to really struggle uh, uh, down the road with the changes that have been forced upon us in some sense. Uh, And and so I think that's going to be, if they're going to adjust, people are going to have to say, God, I'll give up, I'll give up old models that are not what you want if there's a new model yep. that you're in.
0: Yeah, that's that's very good. And so we do uh, encourage you as listeners to process that, to think about that, to be open to the newness as God is leading, because he had a plan in this. He didn't ca- catch him off guard. He told yeah. us that over and over again, pastor, as a staff. And so any last words on leadership, life, in the pandemic?
1: Well, stay faithful to God. I, I know that, I, again, is uh, simple. But a lot of this is simple. Uh, you know, I said in a message recently, I want to give you the answer to culture, to social unrest, to COVID-19, all that. And I said, here it is. It's very profound. Jesus is yeah. the answer. Yeah. He always has been before this, and he is now. Turn your face toward Jesus. Yeah. Stay close to him. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Yeah. Stay close to him and and hang on to him as you go through the pandemic and on the backside, and we do believe there'll be a backside, you'll say, God brought me through, and I don't want to go through it again, Right. but I learned what it meant to trust God day by day, week by week, and uh, your faith will be enlarged as a result of it.
0: Yeah, that's so good, Pastor. Thank you for those encouraging words about leadership and life in the pandemic, and thank you for listening uh, today, and we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast channel. Share it as well. Leave a comment. Let us know if there's anything um, that we can help you with as you think about leading through a pandemic. Again, thanks, Pastor, for uh, your words today. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Shepherd Talk podcast. We hope God will continue to use you to reach the lost, build up other believers, and connect your life to the mission and purpose God has for you. We look forward to more talks in the days ahead with Pastor Ray.